Lord God, I thank you for this time. I thank you that, Lord, you have, uh, you have given us your word, uh, that we would be encouraged, that we would see who you are, that, Lord Jesus, that you would renew and refine us, Lord, through your love. Lord, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the gospel that saves. Lord, we don't have to be who we were. You make us new. Thank you, Jesus, that uh, we are here this morning. Some of us maybe had, uh, you know, issues with getting up this morning. I thank for, I'm thankful that we're here this morning to hear you, your word and to worship and to be in fellowship with one another, Lord. Thank you because you are good. And we worship you, and I pray that in my weakness, you will be made known. Lord, I pray in weakness, but through your spirit, you will give me the power to speak truth. So I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. As I was studying this sermon this, uh, these past couple of days, um, as I was reading and reading it, one of the things that, that was driving me as I was going through the text and allowing God to speak through me was that I want you guys to see and feel the love of Christ this morning. As I was driven by the text, Paul is, is, is hammering this idea of God's love and how it renews and how it changes us. And we find ourselves in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21, and um, a little bit of the background. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he writes this letter to the church in Ephesus. And what Paul's doing here, he's wanting to encourage these Gentile believers. Uh, these were not Jewish believers, they were Gentiles. Um, and we know that in, uh, we know that in the, in the text, because in chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us in Christ and every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And in the text, he does say, um, that he is writing specifically to the Gentiles. Um, and what he's basically doing, he's trying to encourage them and give them instruction um, of the redemptive work of Christ, who they were in him. Um, you have to understand that these were Gentiles. Most of them probably felt like second-hand Christians. You know, here, here are Gentiles who didn't really know uh, what it meant to be a believer and felt that maybe they were out of place. And so Paul is here telling them and reminding them of who they are in Christ and instructing them of what that looks like. And then, so how does that look in our own very own lives? Have you ever felt like you weren't good enough? The feeling of loss, of strength, discourage, because you felt inadequate, because you felt like you did not belong, and therefore you were discouraged and didn't know if you can continue. See, my whole life, I grew up with anxiety. Many of you guys know me. I have anxiety issues. And growing up, I never understood what this meant. I never understood why I felt the way I felt. But I remember as, as I was growing up, and even now, there have been thoughts that have crossed my mind of, can God use you? Can you be an effective leader? 
Some of you understand where I'm coming from because some of you endure with the exact same things that I endure. Depression, anxiety, suffering. And you wonder, can God use me? Can't, is there something that God can do through me? Am I, am I a second-hand Christian because I feel this way? But then I heard some others say, but, but Joey, I didn't go to Bible college. So I, I can't be an effective Christian. Or I, I can't really walk with the Lord if I didn't study at, at, at Moody Bible Institute. How can I be an effective Christian? And then others, what about my past? Doesn't my past take me out of the faith? Doesn't my past disqualify me to be a believer, to be a faithful follower of Christ? We all have these thoughts. We all have these, I, these, this mindset that causes us to be discouraged and to believe something that's not true. I believe in the book of Ephesians, we will, it will help us not only to see who we are, but the love of Christ and what that means for you and me. The love of Jesus that surpasses all knowledge. If you're taking notes, here's my main point. This is what I want to drive this morning in my text. When we feel discouraged, the Spirit will give us strength to remind us of the love of Christ that ultimately, ultimately leads to our maturity. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When we feel discouraged, when we are feeling the, the suffering, when our hearts fail us, the Spirit will give us strength to remind us that God loves us. And when we know this, it will lead us to maturity and who we are in Christ. We're going to see three things in the passage. We're going to see who we are, where does our strength come from, and a love that surpasses all knowledge, all understanding. In this series, thought we had something back there, we don't. In this series, it's who you are. It's all about who you are in Christ. And then, so this, this sermon won't be any different um, because ultimately who we are in Christ changes and renews us. So let's look at chapter um, chapter 3, verse 14, all the way to 21. Um, thank you for uh, reading the passage for us. Um, so I'm not going to completely read it entirely. I'm going to break it, uh, break it down so that we can uh, see what God has to say to us. It says in four, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit and your inner being. We have to stop, right? Because Paul, Paul says, For this reason, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, right? It seems that Paul is concluding a previous thought. So we got to answer that question. What is Paul concluding, right? So chapter 3 is all about the mystery of God. There's a great mystery that is about to be revealed, that has been revealed, and Paul is about to really hint at what that means, right? 
chapter 3, verse 1, he talks about a little bit about this, this, uh, this mystery. He says in chapter 3, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ, on the behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard the great stewardship, stewardship of God's grace was given to you, made for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, I have written briefly. There is a great mystery, and Paul's about to talk about it. In verse 4, he says this, When you read this, you can perceive my insights. The mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men and other generations, that has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And Paul says this in verse 6, This is the mystery that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is huge news. God, who called the Israelites to himself, has always planned for Gentiles to have a place in salvation. This is great news. Paul's encouraging the church and says, listen, this is who you are. You have always been grafted in to know and see the Savior. Here you have Gentiles who walked discouraged and felt like they were secondary Christians being reminded that they're not only believers, but they're partakers in the blessings of Christ. And we know that they were discouraged. It's why Paul says in verse 13, So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Not only were they suffering, possibly being discouraged because they felt like they were inadequate, but on top of that, the, the person that was fighting for them, who was in, encouraging them, was suffering for them. And so they're going through all of this, their mind, their hearts are failing them because if they, they can't see, they can't see the love of God. And so Paul encourages them and says, listen, this is who you are, Christian. You are partakers of this great faith. And therefore Paul says this, for this reason, he's bowing his knees. He's saying, I'm bowing my knees because I want you to understand this. I want you guys to get this. I need you guys to get this because this changes everything about how we walk in faith. And he says, for this reason, I'll bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. Here, here again, Paul's encouraging the, 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 the Gentile believers and saying, listen, everything that God has named and has made belongs to him. It belongs to him. And according to the richness of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You know, here's the irony of all this. I found this as I was reading the text and I, and I was looking at Paul. The irony is that God will use Paul, one of the most zealous men of the law, to share the good news to the very people who we never believed the gospel could come. God used Paul, a person who, who felt and thought that there's no way God can use me. 
And we know that because he himself says that. In verse 7 through 8, we know that because he says in verse 7 through 8, he says, out of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power to me. Though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. Paul acknowledges his own weakness. He acknowledges the reality that God would use him for such a great purpose and plan. And he says that he was empowered, empowered to do this work. And therefore, Paul says, you will be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Paul saying here to you and me and the believers in Ephesus, you too can appreciate all of the spiritual privileges to the full. You have full access to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's why in verse 11, it says this, this was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in him in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him to not lose heart. You and me have the boldness and the confidence to approach the Lord Jesus Christ in every one of our situations. We do not need to lose heart because we have full access to him. And one of those access is to be strengthened by the Spirit through power. From whom every family in heaven, he may grant you to be strengthened through his Spirit in your inner being. Paul specifically talking about the Holy Spirit here. What do we know of the Spirit? There are certain key things that we know about the Spirit in the Scriptures. John 14, 6, it tells us that the Spirit will help us remember all things that the Lord Jesus had taught us. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps us with our weakness. When we can no longer carry ourselves, when we no longer have the strength to move and pursue, the Spirit of God will give us power through His weakness. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Spirit is the one who gives us power to witness to those who need it. And Paul affirms that you, Christian, have the same spirit. You have the same access to be strengthened in your inner being. As we pray and we call on the Lord, you have the access to be strengthened by God to do what he's called us to do. Notice that Paul doesn't say in your power. All right. Notice that Paul doesn't say you got the strength to 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 pick yourself up and 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 and, and do what you need to do. Because the reality is that we are not strong. Like Jorge has said, we try to act like we have it all together. We try to polish ourselves up like we we we're strengthened by 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 what we do. And the reality is that we will fail. You will fail in your own strength unless we call on the name of the Lord to strengthen us by his power, you will fall on your face. 
Paul mentions the inner being. I thought this was interesting when Paul mentions this because I'm like, you know, Paul, what do you, what do you mean when you're, when you're talking about the inner, the inner uh, being? Um, and it seems when he mentions our inner being, Paul is specifically talking about how we are being constantly renewed. Paul is talking about how we are constantly being renewed, not in our physical bodies, right? We're dying. The reality is that every single day, the time passes, our bodies is getting weaker and weaker. But our spirit in Christ is getting stronger. It's getting stronger as we walk in faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 4.16 says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Though our outer body is passing, our inner body, our spirit is being renewed. And therefore, we should not lose heart. Therefore, we should not be losing heart whether or not our sufferings, our discouragement. Christ is renewing us so that we would know what it looks like to walk in him. What does it mean to be renewed Ultimately, what it means is that we are being made more like Christ as we trust and we walk in Him. The renewal process is that our mindset, who we, how we think and how we process is being renewed by, 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 by what is true and is encouraging us to think and act like that of Christ. Being renewed in His Spirit. In verse 17, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, the height, and the depth. So far, we've seen how we find our identity in Christ. And because we find our identity in Christ, we know and remember who we are in our times of discouragement and suffering. We've seen how through the Spirit, we are to be strengthened. And we're going to continue this, this, this thought about being strengthened. Paul begins with this reality that when we are strengthened by the Spirit, we are able to see and experience Christ indwelling in us. Paul tells us Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, it's interesting when I was looking at this word heart, right? It, Paul's not here talking about the, the physical carnal, carnal heart, right? He's not talking about the, the, this, the, what's in us, but he's really talking about what makes us image bearers of God. When Paul defines heart here, he's talking about our emotions, our feelings, and our thoughts. What make us human? What make us uh, image bearers? Paul here is saying that in all of these areas, all of our emotions, all of our thoughts, Christ dwells in them through faith. See, the reality is that when we are encouraged, when we are discouraged, or we're suffering, surrounded by um, harmful thoughts, 
It's hard to see how Christ is indwelling in us. It's hard to see Christ at work in our hearts. It's hard to see God moving in us. And therefore, that's why Paul is praying. That's why Paul is saying, listen, I want you to be strengthened in power so that you would know this. It's why I'm in my knees asking and pleading with the Lord that this will click. Because this has consequences to how you walk in Christ. Faith. Paul tells us this happens by faith. Faith means that we keep trusting, believing that which we have come to confess. Faith means that we trust in God and renewing our spirit. That when our hearts fail us, and they will fail us, we will be strengthened by the spirit in power. And the result of faith is being rooted and grounded in love. Paul seems to suggest that in the process of remaining and trusting in Christ, we can have strength to comprehend with all the believers the love of Christ. And we have access to believe this great truth that Jesus loves you. See, when Paul speaks about this love, right, he does it in a very poetic form. Look at the text with me again. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, right, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. When Paul speaks of this, he's referring to Christ's immense love for each and every one of us. It made me think of Romans uh, chapter 8, 35 through 39, when one of the most encouraging passages in all the scriptures um, says this, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who should separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Listen to Paul. He says, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things in this present or, or to come nor powers nor height nor death, similar words to our text, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord. What is this love? This love that Jesus would die while we were still sinners. I mean, this is the love of Christ. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is the ultimate sacrifice. That is the ultimate sign of love. That he will take your place, my place, and that he will give us redemption through his work on the cross.
And this love is like no other love. I love my wife. I do. But this love is different. The way the Father loves you is so beautiful. You are loved. No matter your experiences, your situations, what you go through, whether or not you feel that you don't belong, Christ says, I love you. There is no other love like this. This love causes us to be grounded and rooted in love. This love causes us to be in the roots of Christ. It causes us to know who we are. It causes us then to love with one another. As we have been shown love, then we pour out what we've been shown. And therefore we can stand with the body of Christ. We can stand together to understand this love. And to know this love, verse 19, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This love surpasses knowledge. This is a love that cannot be comprehended. This love causes us to be grounded and to be strengthened, to be renewed in our hearts. See, when our hearts fail us and we are weak, Paul reminds us that the love of Christ will lead us to a fullness of God. When we are rooted deeply in who is in Christ and we are walking and we are trusting and we're living in faith, Paul tells us this, it will lead to a fullness of God. As Christ is indwelled in, indwelled in us and he's indwelled in our hearts and our emotions and our thoughts and our beings, we will be filled with the fullness of God. But what does it look like to be filled? What does it look like to be filled? As our spirit is being renewed to be more like Christ, then the simply, the fullness of God simply means to be mature in Christ. Fullness of God is simply meaning to be mature in Christ and to know who you are in him. When we are rooted in Christ, trusting in him in every inch of our life, our thoughts and our deeds, then we are experiencing the fullness of God. When we are strengthened by the Spirit, renewed in his power, we experience the fullness of God. See, the opposite of that would be to forget. The opposite of that would be to be discouraged, to lose heart. And therefore, we lack in maturity because we forget who we are. But it happens. It happens. And yet, that's why Paul says what he says in the beginning verses, that you would be strengthened in power. Paul understands. Paul's like, listen, I know what you're going to go through. I know that, that this fullness of God is a, is a maturity thing, but I know that you're going to fall. And I know that you're going to, you're going to say, you're going to lose heart. And I know you're going to, you're going to be discouraged. We live in a world of sin, of brokenness. I, I can't, we can't deny that. But Paul says this. 
It's why you have the Spirit to be strengthened and empowered by Him. That when we forget, when we lose sight of who Christ is, He will remind you of who you are in Him. That He will remind you of His great love for you. We have the Spirit that gives us strength and power to believe that in our hearts. Colossians says this, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Listen to this. Set your minds on things above, not earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. You have been raised with Christ. Set your things are on what's above. When our hearts cause us to despair, turn to Jesus. Pray in strength. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Find strength in no other things. You know, one of the things that I've been hearing a lot, and it irritates me actually, is this whole positive vibes. I'll send them positive vibes. This weird mystic thing that I can't comprehend because it, to me it's foolishness. Like, we have the power to do any of that. Like, if I have some voodoo or something to, to, to help you live your better life, and it's foolish because we can't find our strength in nothing else but in Jesus. Him who indwells in you, in your thoughts, in your emotions, in everything that makes you who you are. He indwells. Now we can miss out on the fullness of God because we are not rooted and grounded in Christ. All right, this is a warning. We can miss on the maturity of reaching this, this, this maturity, this renewal, as we know who we are in Christ, we can fail to see this because we allow ourselves to be robbed of the beauty of Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, 13. Until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by, from the waters and carried about that, about every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way in Him who is the head, who is the head into Christ. We can lose sight of mature. we can we miss our, we can miss the fullness of God because ultimately we allow ourselves to be tossed and therefore we can lack we can, we can miss this maturity that we have in Christ this fullness that when we when we stop to think and see the beauty of Christ 
the love of Jesus, the strength that we have in him, that when we doubt or when we lose heart, when our emotions are, are, are suffering leads us to be discouraged. If we are not being renewed and not allowing ourselves to be mature, we will fall. We will fall. But there's good news that even when we do fall, and even when we do and we have it, we, we can't pray and we, and we can't do the things God has called us to do and we can't love or we can't recall the love of God. Verse 20 has a promise for us. And this is the famous doxology. It says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, Now, Paul is concluding this. He's encouraging them and us again. He says to, to them and he says to us, God is able to do more than what we ask or think. Paul is saying that even when we can't pray for strength, or thinking and, and our thinking is out of whack and it's causing us to be, to lose heart. Paul is saying that even in this, in, in these times, God is able to do more than what you can think according to the power at work within us. If Christ is dwelling within us, the power is at work through us. If Christ is indwelling in us, God can do far more abundantly than we can ever ask. That means that God is working in you even when we don't see it, even when we can't feel it. God is at work and he's able to do more than what we could ask for. Now strength does not mean that we are not going to ever be discouraged. I don't want to give you the illusion that you're never going to be discouraged or, you know, that these things won't happen. But I think what Paul wants us to know is that when we are discouraged and when we allow our minds to wander and our emotions to wander, these things will not ultimately defeat us because we are being renewed by Christ in his love and through the power of the Spirit. And so how do we apply this text? I think... It's simple. One, are you praying like Paul? Are you on your knees? Are you praying that when we lose sight of the love of Christ, when we forget who we are in Christ, when we forget the love of Jesus, are you praying like Paul to be strengthened? Are you praying for the fullness of God? Are you praying that God will lead you to maturity so that you too can understand these things? If you're not a believer here, are you indwelling with Christ? If you do not know Jesus, you have none of this. You have no love. But the good news is that God loves you. The good news is that he desires a relationship with you. The good news is that his love brings us to redemption. 
and you too can be strengthened by power through his spirit. That ultimately, as I stated in my main point, when we feel discouraged, the spirit will give us strength to remind us of the love of Christ that leads us to maturity. This is my prayer, that you would leave this place knowing that God loves you unconditionally, that he has a plan and a purpose for you, and that when we forget and when you're discouraged, walk in the renewal of the power of the Holy Spirit to be strengthened by him. Not your strength, his strength. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that we are strengthened by you, Jesus, and that you are indwelling in us, Lord. Lord, you are in our every being. You are in our emotions through faith as we walk in light of who you are, as we are rooted and grounded in truth, Lord. We know that in every area of our life, if we lose if we lose heart, Lord, we can forget your love. We can forget who you are. Strengthen us in the power of the Spirit, Lord, that we would know you and that we would work, and not work, but that we would know your love for us, Lord, that would drive us to share that with others, to be encouraged. There's no greater love, that, love that we can't even fathom or explain, but it's real. It's real. And Lord, I thank you that you've made it real. Thank you, Jesus, as we walk out of these doors. May we be encouraged. And may, Lord, if we lose sight of that, if we forget who we are, may you give us the power of your spirit to be strengthened, to know who we are in you, Christ, and the love that you give us, Jesus. It is in your name we pray these things. Amen.